You're listening to the Hutchins Old Boys podcast with me, an old boy, Ollie Gill. Over this series, we'll highlight the weird and the wonderful and some of the great stories from fellow Hutchins Old Boys that you might not be across. Enjoy. Yes, that's it. Welcome to the very first official episode of the Hutchins Old Boys podcast with me, uh, an old boy, Ollie Gill. Um, been very excited to get this series underway since our conversation with James McLeod, or, or as he likes to be called, of course, Mr. McLeod. Um, I'll use him by his, his proper title there. Uh, but I've been very excited to get things underway. I've been squirreling away, making a list of people that I'd like to have a chat with, and there was one name in particular that jumped off the page, someone that we needed to feature very early on in the conversation. He he is a performer. He is an excellent guy. He is a nomad. You don't know where he is at any point in 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 the year. He could literally be anywhere, which is exactly why we need to be chatting to him first off in the very first episode of the Hutchins Old Boys podcast. And that is, of course, graduate of 2011, Gutierrez Pavlovic. Hover, welcome to the show. Thank you, Oliver Gill. Thank you very much. Happy to be here. Now, this is <laughs> exciting for everyone involved. Um Mainly for me, I'm obsessed with with tracking your your career, but not just your career, your life, because I think you've nailed it more than anyone else I know in being able to balance ticking things off your CV, but then also just living life. You have you've seen some things, and you've certainly been some places. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd, I'd say that uh, I describe my life, I guess, as a as a mix of of uh, structured academic kind of learning and uh, highly unstructured uh, creative kind of pursuit. Um, it's, it's a good balance. It's a good balance. It's fun uh, and, and, and often um, exhausting but mostly exhilarating. So, yeah, I've, I've, I think I have nailed it. Actually, thank you, Ollie. <laughs> You're welcome. I always like to part of my guests up before we knock them down later on. Um, <laughs> would you describe yourself as a nomad, do you think? Uh, to a certain extent, yeah. I mean, I, I, I definitely follow the wind. Uh, I mean, in what I do, I mean, I'm an, I'm an actor uh, first and foremost, um, but I wouldn't kind of stick in that category as, 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 as the be-all and end-all of what I do. I mean, I'm, I'm more of an artist in terms of I don't just do acting. So, so I mean, I grew up kind of doing everything creatively uh, right across the board, and so I'm trying to continue to do that, which means that I can't kind of stick to one thing at all times, um, or, or not do I want. To. So, so I would say that I am a nomad in that, in that, yeah, I follow whatever opportunity arises at whatever time. Um, I do, you know, have have forward thinking and and and, and you know a, a, a schedule uh, to a certain extent. But mostly, um, uh, if something exciting interrupts that schedule, then I'll, I'll I'll absolutely say yes and 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 follow it. Hence, why you're here today. You know, something exciting pops up, you got to do it, which I massively <laughs> exactly right. respect. So here on the, on the podcast, we will highlight um, as best we can. Um, the weird and the wonderful, the great stories, the the success in your life from a career standpoint and also from a living standpoint. So I guess the best way to start to provide a little bit more context as to what you've already provided. So you you graduated Hutchins in 2011 and you started from, from what I'm aware, you started um, law at UTAS, is that right? <laughs> from, from there to, to where you are now, um, as the floor is yours. What, how, how has your life uh, changed since then? Well, look, my parents weren't, uh, uh, controversially weren't too excited about me doing law, if I'm honest. I, I at the time, was, was obsessed with a couple of, of law TV shows, uh, which I think was a great influence on my decision to do law. So, so look, 
uh, Boston Legal, actually. Okay. <laughs> um, no, I had always wanted to do law, and I, and, I mean, the, uh, you know, there's parts, certain parts of, of, of being a lawyer that, uh, I mean, it is a stage as well, you know, in, in, in the court, um, simply. But um, no, mostly I, I had, so I wanted to go to drama school, I knew that. Um, I wanted to be an actor. Uh, I had figured that out, but then I only wanted to go to NIDA, which was, you know, I was, I was kind of, so I looked up all the drama schools and it was kind of selective of, of what I wanted to do. And I was like, I'm going to NIDA or I'm doing something else, essentially. Well, it's, um, which it's was the school, isn't it, really? It is in Australia. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Um, and and I, I think still to this day, I mean, there's a lot of politics with any institution, um, but, but I think NIDA has the best training for for actors uh there are certain parts of it obviously that i um disagree with and ended up disagreeing with a lot uh which uh, uh, um i mean it's very industry focused um so it's you get to after all the training you get to a certain point where it is um simply about selling yourself and and how how you can commercialize uh what you do and what you look like and i don't think that's a very healthy thing um and it's and it's not necessarily what I wanted at the time either. I, I was still ready to expand my creative knowledge and not to the kind of uh, narrative that, that NIDA wanted, which was the, you know, the Hemsworth brothers lifestyle or the, or the you know, Tony Collette dream, or, you know, the, or Kate Blanchett. I mean, I mean, yeah, it's all very exciting and it's all, it is a dream, but it's not what I wanted. And I don't think it still is. Um, so I actually didn't finish NIDA. Uh, but before that, I, I uh, with law, <laughs> I um, I panicked basically. I, I, I was doing a gap year. I didn't get into NIDA straight out of school, um, and in hindsight, I wasn't ready. I wasn't uh, secure enough in myself, um, and that was clear in my acting. And so I, yeah, I panicked. Um, all my friends were going to uni in Tassie, and I just wasn't. I didn't want to take a gap year. Um, I'd started working at a restaurant in Salamanca and, and that just wasn't fulfilling uh, for me at the time. And so, yeah, kind of last minute decided to do law, uh, which was amazing. I loved law. I didn't so much like university. Um, sure. <laughs> sure. I didn't like the, the, I wanted structure and I needed, I needed, at the time I needed uh, guidance, like, you know, kind of heavy guidance. And, and, and it's not something that I found or, or actually in hindsight, I didn't really want to find uh, mm. at that time. And then, yeah, kind of grew that year just working and, and kind of solidifying or just grounding myself, I guess, after school, after such a, a, um, a whirlwind experience at Hutchins, I guess, I, I, would, I, would, I would call it. Um, and then finally got into NIDA um, and a few other schools uh, and had some backup options as well, um, which, was, which was amazing for me, um, a great ego boost. Um, and then went to NIDA, so I moved to Sydney. And then, yeah, my life kind of, kind of rolled on from there. I took advantage of everything that NIDA had to offer in the two years that I was there. It's a three-year course and they yeah, provide amazing opportunities in terms of networking and, and that sort of thing and meeting the right people and, and, and whatnot. And you can take advantage of that or you and you can't. Um, some well, people didn't. And yeah. In terms of taking advantage of it, I, I certainly do remember, I believe on the Today Show, watching you in what looked like a jazzercise uh, commercial is that right? I mean, some of the some of the opportunities to take advantage of. <laughs> that wasn't NIDA related. Oh, actually, it was uh, somewhat. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, a company uh, run by a dear friend of mine, Shannon uh, Dooley, called Retro Sweat, uh, which is an eighties, seventies, eighties aerobics workout 
uh, uh, thing. And, and with my with my extensive dance training and uh, sure. and, and, and bubbly personality, I was able to uh, launch my daytime TV show and uh, my TV uh, appearance. And you're absolutely built for it. So if you don't <laughs> return to that one day, it'll be an injustice <laughs> to the industry. Um, so if, if we fast forward, then you said that you weren't ready for necessarily a gap year, but of course after NIDA, you moved to Germany to Berlin, mm-hmm. which which is one of the coolest cities in Europe. It's incredibly cosmopolitan, very interesting from an art standpoint. Um, You can't almost get much better. Was that Mm -hmm. move prompted by the idea of a gap year or was it for work? Uh, It wasn't for work or prompted by the idea of a gap year, actually. (laughs) Um, How do I put this? Simply, I I mean, I'm a sucker for a for a relationship and I, and, and I don't mean that just, uh, romantically. I mean that with, with people as well. Um, and my life has kind of, if I can look back at the key points in my life, it's been the ending or the beginning of a relationship that have marked the biggest moments and, and, uh, moves, um, uh, uh, to different countries or moves into different kind of, um, interests. Um, and I had at NIDA, uh, uh, suffered a bit of a, bit of a loss, bit of a, um, a, a relationship loss. And to kind of get over that, I thought Berlin was the right thing. And then um, found out that a couple of other uh, um, Hutchins old boys actually were going to be there at the same time. Um, some dear friends of mine. And so I just said, yep, yeah, let's go. Um, I'm going to come, I'll join you. And unfortunately it didn't work. I am going to go back uh, once this episode of, of, of um, the epidemic is over um, and work, um, do some residencies and, and whatnot there. But basically I went there to discover art in a different way, how theatre uh, specifically works over there, which I was always interested in um, just because of its, its – it, it, theatre in, in, in Germany is like a very kind of fusion art form. There's, there's, they, they blend uh, cinema, theatre and, and, and dance and other forms of kind of performance art together. Um, and put them on stage, which I think is is, is fascinating, and, and they're so free there, which is something that I've been looking for uh, still to this day. Uh, freedom in 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 life and in and in self certainly sounds mm. very different to what you um, described NIDA to be. So I can certainly understand that the the attraction there. One one other key point that I've noticed, you know, just keeping up to date with you as a friend and, and a, or, you know, on Facebook. Um, you, from what I can tell, you've got a, a French passport. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that's a big part of big part of something that I. Uh, oh, it's, it's a big part of my personality and something that I um, um, absolutely want to pursue, that, the French side of me, yeah. So you, I know that you've, you've done some work and some study there, which mm-hmm. in particular uh, the course that you were doing is, is one that I feel like we need to, to spend some serious time on because I think it's unbelievable. <laughs> we'll get to that very shortly. But I want to ask you, uh, again, from this is more so away from the, the career side and, and more life experience. You were in Paris during the Charlie Hedbo attack, which mm-hmm. – for me, seems extraordinary. I mean, that must have been quite a time to be in that country. You know, just looking at the way that that Paris and, and the French people united afterwards and some of your photos, I saw you uh, hanging out a window or on a, on a rooftop or on a balcony or something with the French flag, <laughs> singing the national anthem. Um, it just it would be great to, to hear your thoughts and your experience during that time. Yeah, I mean, in that, that two weeks were two of the most – uh, important moments for me, I think, as a person and in understanding people, uh, I think of my life and still to this date. Um, I had an experience in 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 Berlin uh, on New Year's Eve, on the day where I basically uh, walked 
I helped a, 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 what would have been about a, a 40 or 50 year old uh, Pakistani woman carry her shopping essentially down the street. And we, she couldn't speak a word of English. I couldn't speak a word of Pakistani or German or, you know, any language that he spoke. And we basically just smiled at each other. Um, and I walked her home for about 40 minutes and then stayed uh, with her for an hour with her and her seven-year-old son um, and drank tea and didn't speak a single word to each other the whole time. But we had this incredible conversation uh, through the eyes, essentially. And that was, I mean, that's a, that's a long story, but, but that was one of the most incredible experiences. And then to back that up, uh, shortly after I went, I went to France um, and Charlie Hebdo happened and we, yeah, I was kind of walking, I was by myself, which was really lucky because it was, I mean, there was four or six million people in the street, I think, um, for the kind of rallies post Charlie Hebdo. Yep. And I've just never, ever felt such a uniting um uh, spirit. Like it, it was, it was honestly, I'll never, I'll never ever forget the feeling. I was able to kind of weasel my way through the crowd towards the front of the, or the middle of the parade, which was, I think the uh, Place de la République, I, I believe was the center of it. Um, and it was just, uh, I, I can't tell you, I mean, you had, you had people from every race, every sexuality, um, every job, just there uniting for, for peace um, and fighting terror in a, in a time which was incredibly scary. I mean, I mean, bar that day, you weren't, there was no one in, in the Paris metro, but there was no one on the street. You, you, you were walking around in this, in this ghost town. I mean, the beginning of the epidemic is kind of similar to, to what it felt like over there, just without yeah. the fear, like without that, there's a different kind of fear. Um, um, here it's a fear of the unseen, but there, were, there it was the fear of, of, of the scene. Like, I mean, the, the, sure. there was destruction in the streets, you know, there's, you know, I mean, bombs are one thing and an epidemic is another, but, but yeah, it was, it was an unbelievable experience and managed to actually not, not, not go out a window, but, but, um, climb some scaffolding on the side of a building and, and, and get to the top. And at the top, there were some, some young kind of students who were, who were really into it. And I mean, we just ended up spending the night fighting for freedom. It, it literally felt like fighting for freedom and, and it, it looked like this kind of French revolution again. It was, yeah. it was unbelievable. Yeah. That, I mean, you must, I mean, obviously, as we've touched on, you've got that huge draw to France. Um, so mm-hmm. I suppose for you in particular, it wouldn't be such a surprise that you were spending time there. But when you look at yourself at Hutchins in Hobart, I suppose you probably wouldn't have ever pictured being on your own in the middle of Paris during this time <laughs> fighting for freedom. I mean, the, I suppose <laughs> are the moments that you look back back to school and think, geez, how's this? How have I got here? Like, <laughs> I can actually, when I look at moments like that uh, with, with people that I – normally would have not associated with but 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 managed to connect with i actually thank hutchins for that um to a certain extent um i was i mean growing up i I was a jack of all trades i mean i was a i was a passionate soccer player i love tennis um and you know in, in middle school i was playing basketball i was playing i was playing everything i could in terms of sports um, but on the other end of that, I was also playing, I've been playing the trumpet since I was five. I was dancing since I was 11. Um, I was singing since I was 11. I've been, in, I've been, I've been doing music theater. Um, I, I was, a, I was a passionate actor, obviously. Um, and I was, a, I was a, yeah, I was a music scholar at Hutchins. So it put me, I mean, it certainly put me in a category, but I was across so many different things at Hutchins, which meant initially that I had to quickly learn to adapt to different types of personality. But I was already comfortable doing that because I had spent 
half of my all my primary schooling life going back and forth from from France. So you know, about four months each year in France and then the rest of the year in, in Tasmania. So I had to learn to adapt that. But Hutchins kind of really solidified that for me where I had to not just adapt to a different culture, but adapt to a different type of person. So I'd be spending my time with academia, with academics, with 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 hardcore sports people, with with dancers, with with actors, you know, with musos um, and, and, and everyone else. And, and so that kind of, I mean, I kind of, yeah, attribute my ability to lead this, uh, kind of, oh, as you say, nomadic kind of lifestyle and, and have these experiences with all these different kinds of people. I attribute that to vast, vast amount of opportunities that Hutchins has to offer. And, and, and I think that I took full advantage of, of those. And in being able to adapt and talk to and become friends with the people in the different fields at Hutchins, that looking back, I attribute being able to do what I do now to having had that experience. Yeah, I'll I'll touch a little bit more just towards the end on Hutchins because it's so great to hear that, that you look back and, and think that way. It's so mm. great to hear people that have really taken advantage. So if we if we just go back to to from a career standpoint, if we fast forward to 2019-20, um, I know you're currently back in Australia, but when we last caught up, very impromptu, this almost sounds like it's not real. We touched base <laughs> on New Year's Eve in London. <laughs> Uh, and said, yeah, let's, let's catch up. And we did. And I said, mate, what are you, what are you doing at the moment? And you said, well, I'll let you say it. What, what, what were you doing? Uh, I was at, uh, I was at clown school in, in rural France. <laughs> um, okay. Where do we start with this? So it wasn't in Paris. You're in rural France. What I was about an hour out of Paris. Yeah. Okay. And so what brought you to the school? What was the draw card? And, and how do you sum up that, that experience as uh, Gutierrez the clown? <laughs> <laughs> people have a, a, a weird what I call a, what I think is a weird definition of what a clown is but only because now I've done it um, people people think clowning is children's entertainment um, red shoes you know costume clown makeup um, doing silly gags when actually a clown is 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 about returning to a childlike state and being completely free and completely open. Um, and it's actually incredibly, incredibly sad. It's an incredibly sad place to be a lot of the time. But it, it provides this this freedom and in, in, in acting, I think, this freedom that you can't get anywhere else. Um, and I was lucky enough to work with a teacher from the school that I ended up going to. Uh, and she taught me, she, she took me back to a childlike place and, and I did some of my best acting there. And then I, I'd always thought I was going to go to this school and this teacher was getting older and older. And, and this guy, I'm so the school's called uh, L'Ecole de Philippe Gaulier. Um, and I know Philippe, Gaulier, <laughs> Philippe Gaulier is a, I mean, he's an internationally renowned uh, clowning teacher. He's been teaching for, for over 50 years and, and also a clown himself. I mean, he's, 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 he's the, the clowning master, essentially. I mean, um, yeah, I taught, taught many, 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 many people. But I, yeah, I went, I, he's getting old. And I also came to a point where I was like, I need to go now or I'm, I'm not going to go. Also, one of my dreams, or well, my dream is to work in French film uh, and Australian theatre. So I was like, I hadn't touched on the Australian, on the French film side of it. So I thought I need to go to France. And also this is a perfect opportunity. I can now, I have the time. Um, and I, this is a perfect opportunity to also go and study with this, with this clowning master. <laughs> and uh, it was an unbelievable it's an experience. Incredible story. <laughs> it's incredible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and before that I did go, I did do a couple of weeks at a, um, at a school, uh, the Jacques Lecoq uh, International Theatre School uh, in Paris, who's more movement-based, um, uh, a, a 
quite a bit more abstract. Um, but actually, the clowning master and Jacques Lecoq used to teach together um, until they parted ways because their theories oh. didn't align. Uh, really? <laughs> yeah, Ooh, absolutely. So it was interesting to get both sides. Wow. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's incredible. So, mm. so I suppose uh, when I saw you, um, New Year's Eve going into 2020, you had finished that. You, you're now in, back in Australia, is that right? And I suppose during this pandemic, it's a little bit of a free-for-all for everyone. We're a little bit, I suppose, particularly if you're in the arts or certainly in a freelance base, it's a little bit of a free-for-all in terms of what's next. Um, so I suppose mm-hmm. I'll ask you, what is next? But also following your social media, it's been fascinating to see. Now, you've been digging a hole, which sounds uh, like a line out of the castle, which it is, but <laughs> there's, there's, I suppose, a, a bit of an interesting and deeper meaning to it because it's been fascinating to watch you dig this hole during the quarantine isolation period. Yeah, so I uh, I, I had planned to come back to Australia. Um I'd mostly planned to come back to pack up my life to go back overseas. However, I came back and things fell apart in terms of my, my, my one-year plan. Yep. <laughs> and so I decided to move to Melbourne and then the lockdown hit and I hadn't secured a, a, a house or a, an income, so I had to run back to uh, Tassie, which ended up being an incredible experience and, and, and I, don't, I, I wouldn't change it for the world. I, I essentially got to spend two months, well, the first, uh, what would have been three weeks of digging, yeah, digging a hole. I, I, I thought, well, what am I going to do here? Um, and I thought oh, okay, I could build some stuff. I could, you know, I could work on my acting. I could write some shows and I was started writing and, and, and I said, this isn't fulfilling me in any way or, or helping me, um, move beyond this, um, pause in my life. This isn't yep. making me feel good about this pause. And so I was just, I was literally sitting in a paddock one day and, um, had a conversation with my mum, and she said, uh, what are you going to do? You're just going to dig a hole. And, and I thought, what are you talking about? And, and kind of hung up. And then two days later I was thinking about that. Oh, that seems like a great idea. And so I just started digging a hole. And I started at a, a bit of an Instagram kind of um, TV show, I guess, on my own Instagram account called Digging a Hole for Absolutely No Reason with Gautier Pavlovic Uh And I spent uh, 21 days digging this hole, uh, yeah. about 15 foot deep, about 25 tons of dirt, um, dug it by hand, well, with, with a spade yeah. and did some, some, some disco dancing in and around the hole as I was doing yeah. it. And uh, I actually uh, yeah, I ended up talking to some, some, some academics about it um, because it turns out digging a hole has been something uh, somewhat of a, of a success story for quite a few artists, not just in Australia, but, but overseas over the, over, you know, kind of started about the seventies, this digging a hole craze, but I didn't know anything about this when I started doing it. And the other thing I didn't know about was that Buddhists talk about doing medial tasks to get over trauma or go through, um, or, or, or go through, um, difficult periods of their life or help them understand yep. kind of thing. So something like digging a hole and then for, to, digging a hole purely for the reason to fill it back up again, um, was, 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 Right up that alley, and and it did actually. It, it helped me get over things that I was not only was thinking about at the time, but things that I hadn't necessarily confronted for years. But yeah, I have in my Corona uh, or my COVID nineteen uh, episode been digging a hole for absolutely no reason. Can you yeah. do the intro as you would normally do it? The traditional I've, pronunciation. I can, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I can, yeah, yeah. How's this year? Good day, good day, guys. Welcome to day number 22 of Digging a Hole for Absolutely No Reason with Gauthier Podcast Hobbit. I mean, if that's not 
two years at NIDA, a year at Cloud School. I mean, that just sums it up perfectly. Uh, it, it, it was honestly great to watch um, and, and really interesting, that deeper side of things. So I've got two last big questions, which I'm going okay. to use as a bit of a theme going forward mm-hmm. to ask uh, old boys here on the show. Sure. First of all, uh, Miss Malarski, a teacher um, at Hutchins when I was there, she said to me that the job you're going to do doesn't exist yet. And it was something that really I went, well, what do you mean? Like, like <laughs> I don't know what you mean, but I've learned pretty quickly that, that that's kind of true. Like 2020, especially particular in media and in the arts is very fluid and things change every day. So it's the one thing that you've done or the one job that you've done since leaving school that you never thought you'd do if you were to ask Gutierre in his little thorold tie Uh, (laughs) eating a ham sandwich. Oh, Buckland. Buckland until I die. Yeah. Yeah. What what would shock him the most? Uh, Honestly, I actually ended up getting paid for this whole Really? <laughs> you did yeah, not. I did. I ended up getting paid for this whole. And, and it's funny because that question or that statement, the job that you're going to do, the job that you're the job that you want doesn't exist yet or, the, you know, the one that you're going to do yeah. it doesn't exist yet, I think is particularly uh, important right now in the arts. And to get paid, I, yeah, I did end up getting a, a bit of money to, to dig this hole. Um, essentially, a, an artist approached me and wanted to tack on my project to her project, and and there were correlations between the two, uh, or, or things that I could draw out of out of digging the whole experience that would kind of suit what her, her um, what, what she wanted for for her project. So so ended up kind of joining forces there, but that would probably be the biggest thing that kind of relates to that. I mean, I mean, in this particular time in the arts, especially, I think it's, I think it's, I see all, all my peers um, and colleagues talk about wanting to go back to normal and they can't wait for everything to go back to normal. And I, and I honestly couldn't think of anything worse um, in the arts. I, I think the Australian arts industry across the board has hit a point where the generation above us uh, has, has staled. Um, um, and there for maybe five to 10 years now have been unwilling to let it go right. um, and, and, and give it to us. And especially the theatre scene, especially where I spent have spent most of uh, since I left Tassie, uh, which is Sydney, where I spent most of my time, especially there. I, I think that there's something, I, I don't, I don't want everyone to, to start jumping on, you know, digital media and, and that sort of thing, but it's 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 creating art that makes sense to us, and and obviously is a is a, is a direct influence of social media because that that's kind of our generation, I guess. Uh, uh, not so much, you know, less than the one before. We've got a bit of um, hands on stuff as well, but but um, yeah, I think it's time to to say goodbye and thank you to the generation above us that are that are still running the theatre companies or running the galleries yep. and, and whatnot, and say and say you know goodbye and thank you and let's go and this is the perfect opportunity to do that and I think something like like I mean being paid to dig a hole uh, is, well, is if you're an excavator I suppose it's not a, a huge surprise but, <laughs> sure, for, but, but, but for art and for comedy I think uh, <laughs> definitely definitely and and my final my final big question is um it was so positive to hear that you feel like your time at Hutchins you were you were pretty confident that you could say that you took up most opportunities, you know, that, that you could physically get your hand on, which is which is such a great thing to be able to look back on your time at school and just know that, that it was like that. But to put it simply, how do you sum your time up at Hutchins? How do you sum it up? Is there a word? Is there an emotion? How, how would you feel, <laughs> yeah, trying to summarise 
the, the time you spent at the Hutchins School? I, oh, oh f- fulfilling in, in a lot of ways. Yep. Um, and misleading, but positively Ooh. misleading. Okay. Can you expand? I mean, it's, 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 it, it goes on to, to, to what I was saying about the amount of, ex- the amount of opportunities that are, that are at Hutchins. Mm-hmm. And I think you can go one of two ways with, with, with those opportunities. You can, you, can, you can leave Hutchins having explored every possible option in life. Like really, I mean, I mean from, you know, rowing to, to woodwork to hard oh, Flight simulator. Flight simulator. I mean, yeah. <laughs> some of my favourite memories. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely insane, which means that you can, you can either come out of it and, and forget it and go to uni and, 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 you know, do whatever degree you want to do and then, and then, and then get to you that. Or you can not forget it and be really confused. Or you can do what I did, which is not forget it and use it, your kind of guide, which is, which is you can still do beyond school, whatever, whatever you want to do. And, and if an, ex, if an opportunity comes up and you say, yes, it will enrich you in some way. And you have, you know, me, I've had, I have a through line, which is, which is, which is creating stories, telling stories and every, but I say yes to everything, be it, be it, I mean, you know, be it a, 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 a book club with some philosophy students, um, yeah. or, 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 or building a, a, going onto a construction site for a day, I'll absolutely say, I'll say yes to, to every one of them because all of those are enriching. And that's something that, that I think that, that Hutchins gives you if, if you want to. If you want to use it in your life, I think it's, it's I, I mean, that's the biggest thing that I got out of Hutchins. I mean, it's saying yes to things and pursuing them and not just pursuing them for the sake of it, but, but being good at it and being like, they, they want you to be good. It's yep. not like, okay, okay, I'm going to go on the flight simulator for a bit or, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do drama for, for a term. Yeah. It's like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do drama and you're going to, and my teacher wants me to be good at it. It's not, there's no, there's no kind of dabbling. It's like you do this and you do it good, but you can also do this and do it good. Yeah. Um, and that's, I think, a beautiful thing. I mean, you know, listening to other people talk about their schools, it was kind of like, yeah, there was all these opportunities, but it was just for fun. Yeah. Whereas at Hutchins, they made you care about all the different things that you did. There was a purpose. There was a purpose. Exactly right. Exactly yeah. right. And, and it is it is all about building a, a character, a well-rounded character, and that's something that I think Hutchins does very well. And I, and I, and I'm, and I really appreciated my time there for, for that, yeah. That's sensational. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, Guti. I really appreciated your time here on the on the debut episode of the Hutchins Old Boys podcast. A reminder, if you'd like to get in contact uh, with the show, please email podcast at hutchins.taz.edu.au. Uh, and also you can listen and subscribe to Hutchins Old Boys podcast. You just need to search Hutchins podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or listen at hutchins.taz.edu.au forward slash podcast. Gautier, I've absolutely loved speaking to you. It's been fascinating. I love when I get a chance, you know, we might lose contact for six months and then all of a sudden you're <laughs> working in wine or you're a clown or you're in Berlin uh, or you're, you're indeed in Melbourne. Um, uh, it's it's so, so great to see that you, you're following your dreams, but also you're following uh, maybe not your dreams. And as you said, you're just gonna you're just gonna give something a go. And I think that that's something to be admired. Um, and you're absolutely you've done some fantastic things in your nine years now since you've left school, which is pretty which is pretty frightening. <laughs> but, um, which is yeah, but it's great to see what you've done. And, and geez, you've had some experiences. So well done on that. And we look forward to to keeping up to date with what you're doing. And hopefully see you on the stage or, or see you in some form of of arts and and performance very soon. 
Watch out. Watch this space. Got a couple of films coming out next year, so be ready for that. Look out. <laughs> no, thanks very Thank much, Ollie. It's been a pleasure. No worries. Thanks, Gooch. Bye. Cheers. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Hutchins Old Boys podcast. Remember to keep your eye out on all your favourite podcatchers for the very next episode.